Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole and Oklahoma Sooners Fans Podcast, fueled by Vanessa House there in Oklahoma City. Make sure to uh, stop in, uh, check out what uh, they are serving up there. But uh, today, Matt Burton is on the uh, is on the DL. So uh, we've just gonna it's just gonna be me and Peyton Guthrie. Uh, going uh, co-hosting tonight, so we'll go ahead and welcome him on, man. Uh, Peyton, what's up, bud? Oh, not much. You, uh, I hope the audience doesn't hear too much of the thunder uh, that's crackling down here at Southeast Oklahoma, uh, but that's what we're dealing with down here. And I think I'm gonna, I, I think at, from the very top, I'm gonna have to correct you. I believe it's the IL now, uh, uh, not the okay. DL. You know, come on now, help, help. Yeah, <laughs> stay with enough. the times. <laughs> fair enough. Or the I or the IR, I maybe is what we'll say. But yeah, Matt. Anyway, long and short is Matt's out tonight. Uh, <laughs> so you know, before I forget, uh, I just want to remind everybody to make sure to uh, sign up for our Patreon. Only four dollars a month. Uh, you can get uh, all the uh, excess content. We do one free show a week. That's what you're listening to right now. And uh, we try to uh, give you at least one extra every week with uh, somebody else from around the uh, world of college football or college sports in general. So make sure to, to uh, sign up there. Um, and the, the preview for that uh, next week on Monday, we'll have Christine Butterfield talking about the NCAA tournament. Uh, she covers a uh, UConn basketball right now. So she'll be covering, uh, kind of give us a breakdown on the men's side. And then we're working with getting, um, man, the name is escaping me. Uh, her name is Maggie Vanoli. Vano- mm-hmm. uh, Vanali. Uh, she covers UConn women's sports and she'll be coming on the well to talk about the, the women's side of the bracket uh, to kind of give us two episodes of the, you know, the men's get their due and the women gets their due. Uh, uh, that'll be coming on the Patreon pretty soon as well next week. Yeah, lots going on right now. And you mentioned, uh, I'm glad you uh, segue. you gave me a good segue here for basketball. Uh, right now we're recording this. The uh, Big 12 basketball tournament is just now tipping off, I believe, with the uh, Texas Tech and West Virginia playing. Uh, we'll have Bedlam 3 this evening also later on. But uh wanted to just, <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit going on right now, <laughs> like in or kind of adjacent to Big 12 hoops as this is starting. I mean, just looking down the list, you had Mark Adams uh, getting all biblical and getting suspended for uh, a relatively bizarre um analogy between scripture and a uh, the player coach relationship uh, uh eddie lampkin has left the tcu team and it sounds like to uh and we'll be heading to the transfer portal so that's kind of a big blow for the horn frogs right as the turn as uh you right with the ncaa tournament around the corner uh iowa state has booted its best player uh caleb grill um and uh deposed texas coach chris beard appears to be the uh, front runner to get the job at Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start among the, <laughs> that uh, smorgasbord of weirdness? I say we start off with potentially the weirdest one, uh, at least in my opinion, and talk a little bit about uh, Mark Adams getting getting very uh, uh, biblical at that point in time. Is That's a tough – I mean, I live – the word, I actually uh, – I think I put this in the Discord to discuss – Two weeks ago, I w- uh, went to church and we we were reading. Um, I think it's Ephesians. I think that's where the where the quotes in, and uh, 
the guy, the preacher was giving, the pastor was giving a sermon about the men, you know, the husband wife relationship, that whole thing. And he was kind of trying to explain it in a way that doesn't sound like, cause that, that scripture, especially between man and woman, husband and wife mm-hmm. has been used and been perverted in a way that's <laughs> pretty negative. Like you hear, you even just hear those words, you're thinking checkmate, get me out of here, please. Yeah. You know, I'll, where's the next place? And he was doing his best to say, it's really just about learning to yield to each other. You know, it's like, you know, if you're, if you're going onto a highway traffic, you can't just run out into it. You got to, you know, go with the flow, yield to all that type of stuff. And I was like, nah, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's this yeah. real old stuff being written. And he's talking about this stuff and he stops right before it gets to the master's servants thing. And he says, I'm not even going to attempt it. I'm not even going to attempt to even say the words. It's way too confusing. It's way too deep. There's too much context to kind of figure out what was going on there. And then to use that as like a teaching point to, to talk about that is is unbelievably uh, I, I'm like a, a, what am I trying to say here? It's just like under complete lack of awareness <laughs> by, mm-hmm. by Mark Adams to talk to a talk to a player that way and talking about servants and masters uh, in that yeah. way is just completely completely beyond the realm of, of reason. And then to double have us, you know, a meeting with the with the team and double down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's the stuff where it's like, I, I don't know where he goes from here. I, I think Texas Tech obviously is going to be in the market for a, a head coach. Yeah. And the thing of it is here is that it seems to me like this was actually a case more of Adams um, kind of walking up to the ledge and then jumping off it <laughs> on his yes. own because, yeah. I mean, uh texas tech was having a very you know rough season uh i don't think the players on that team are shedding any tears about uh adams being suspended and you know likely uh heading out he's had some runs it sounds like with players um you know there's also this bizarre story that's been floating around about uh him you know taking up with his um dead uh twin brother's widow uh and leaving his wife this story that's been floating around i mean there's just you know he he never really gave off the vibe as like uh to me as like a you know the kind of guy who you who you want to have necessarily run the program or who will who would be a long-term fit there so uh, that's some you know, old school that's some like it, it, uh, the widow thing that's some like yeah old old testament <laughs> yeah well but i mean Rules. like he yeah but i mean like he was married at the time. Oh, so no, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. That's like, rough. Uh, just, you know, just anyway. Yeah. So anyway, Tech will be looking for a new coach, I'm almost certain. Uh, I think essentially what happened is, in this case, really, Adams just gave them a pretext. Yeah. I, I I do wonder, I mean, I, I do wonder if this gets put away pretty cleanly, like they're able mm-hmm. to they're able to sever, sever this cord uh, and move on. Because like you said, there's tons of other stuff that's happening that you're wanting to get rid of him anyway. I mean, the team was not performing the way that it was, you know, and they had done a really good job of really hyping him up and saying, he's really the engine behind this Chris Beard thing. I mean, it's really him who's running the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. did a really good job of doing that and to see it all unravel, to see both of those careers unravel very quickly. And we'll get to Chris, uh, Chris later. Yeah. Um, or does it become a bit of a firestorm for Texas tech kind of like the leech stuff legally? Because, I mean, I, I know there's differences, but you had the uh, coach Joseph Kennedy uh, Supreme Court decision uh, mm-hmm. about the high school coach praying on the 50 yard line, and he won that. They won that case six to three. Uh, you know, religion and sports and stuff like that. I don't. This is a different context, obviously. I mean, that was quote unquote off time, even though it wasn't. It was still on school mm-hmm. property and everything. But regardless, uh, private conversation versus a supposed like you know off schedule type of thing. I do wonder if this gets, especially in Texas, especially in West Texas, if this does pick up some, some type of, I don't know, some, some momentum of like culture storm type of a thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Texas tech of all places surrendering to the woke mob. Um, (laughs) But I mean, like my guess is I think that I think his Adams buyout, is about eight million dollars i don't know if he'll get the whole thing out of this but i mean there's a you know there's probably a world where they can come to some kind of figure and just move on uh i'd have to guess but who knows um 
let's see here. You mentioned the uh, other connection here, Texas Tech, which is former Texas Tech uh, head coach who was also who is now also the former Texas head coach who now appears to be the future head coach uh, at Ole Miss, Chris Beard. Uh, his name service day reports out there from uh, Jeff Borzello over at ESPN that he and Pete Campbell also, I believe that, Oh man, that's ominous. I know uh, <laughs> that uh, Beard has emerged as the front runner there. And Ole Miss is quote unquote, doing its due diligence on this. You gotta situation. do it. You gotta yeah, do it. <laughs> I mean, like the idea, the idea that you do your due diligence after it gets out that he's the <laughs> front runner for the job. <laughs> I find just like, give me a break, man. Like, who do you think you're, what do you think you're playing at? You know, I mean, I don't know. It is the, so if you recall, uh, Beard was uh, essentially uh, let go at Texas for uh, some allegations of, uh, you know, uh, uh, or I guess there was, you know, a, a domestic incident that uh you know led allegedly yeah i believe I, I don't believe the well i don't believe any anything charges have been filed against him to no. be fair so uh but you know it, i they texas invested a lot in chris beard and did a lot to get him there and clearly felt pretty strongly about what he could do for their basketball program so i have to imagine that whatever texas knew about the incident was very concerning <laughs> um so you know i mean like i don't know do you think i'm off base there no no i mean you're right i mean texas i mean look at all the stuff that um like what happened with sark and uh uh was it pole assassin and the monkey mm -hmm. and stuff and they didn't make him fire him and i mean like yeah texas is going to allow you to i don't know do stuff <laughs> it's kind of mm -hmm. uh, to a certain degree i mean any i mean as we've seen any college, any big time college sports program will let you walk up to whatever line in the sand there is and take a couple steps over it before they really try to do anything. I mean, uh, look at Iowa, what they're going through right now. It's like, now that you've cost us $10 million, yeah. now we'll, now we'll, okay, okay, now. <laughs> like your, yeah. your son can be a shitty Oaks uh, offensive coordinator. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. 10 million bucks on racist stuff. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but the Texas thing is, I think they're wanting to win. He was doing very well. It was a top-ranked team, you know, chance to win the Big 12. And they basically shut him down. Like, within uh, – I think he was – I can't remember the exact timeline, but he did – I believe he coached one or two games, and then he was shut down, if I can't if – if I remember this incorrectly. I, I don't think I, – I seem to think he was suspended. I, I mean, Pretty you know what, like, I'd have to go – yeah, I'd have to go back and look. But I think he was suspended immediately and then eventually – uh, he kind of was hanging out there in limbo for a while. That's right. They, that's they, right. Then they eventually yeah, yeah. Uh, fired him. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, they held on to him for a while, uh, s sat him down, and there's still a lot of people there who are. I mean, I don't know if you ever click on the see more replies uh, button oh, gotcha. or the uh, unblock the. <laughs> the yeah. And there's a lot of people being like freedom and you know uh, you know guilty yeah. uh, not innocent until it's like. Yeah. Come on, and, and you know the wife obviously dropped dropped everything, and it, it's fiance. I think that, that that's the tough stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think if you're going to edit that type of program, you're seeing that type of success, and to cut him in that way to fire. I mean, he, yeah. they're probably able to get out of paying some of that stuff, right? I mean, it's yeah, where they able sure. to cause and everything of that nature. Um, I, I think you got to know, hey, this was pretty rough. This seems like it was a potential. Um, a potential pattern of behavior because once the whole tech thing happened a bunch of stuff came out about him from his tech days and everything mm -hmm. like that that's the hard part about this stuff the moment you leave a school you go from you know the hero to here's every single thing we're covering up for you <laughs> like mm -hmm. you know we're, we're tossing everything out into the open and good luck getting past it um but for Ole Miss I mean to me it's it's more of an indictment on Ole Miss I mean it's it's it this is just it, it's now I mean, multiple hires in a row across the entire of their their sports programs of, you know, bringing in these guys, uh, you know, and, and just kind of like balking and, you know, just covering up saying due diligence. I mean, it, it's wild to me. And he and the thing of Chris Beard, he doesn't even have to do the whole, you know, let me coach a mid-major for two years and then go to Ole Miss. It's like it's yeah directly to it. I mean, you can tell he's talented. 
you can tell he's a good coach because of these reasons. You know, Ole Miss is mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, we just we got him off of the back of a truck. He's banged up a little bit, but it's good enough for us. Yeah, yeah, um, box special, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that part, I'm having a hard time just putting it all together because it's, it's just very, very, very disappointing in a sport <laughs> that in an industry that continues to disappoint me when it comes to that perspective of mm-hmm. this industry of hiring and allowing these people to have infinite chances to a certain degree. Right. I mean, and I'm sure that what they'll come back with regarding, you know, the due diligence is, you know, well, he was never charged, uh, you know, Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's the same conference that didn't step in until Alabama stopped. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, yeah. I, we understand there's like, you know, the, the basketball player or whatever, just sit them down. Right. We just, you just got to, I, and, but like in the past, so like normally these guys, I mean, at least have to go do a year or two, some on a lower level, you know what I mean? To kind of yeah. rehabilitate. Now it's just, eh, whatever. You yeah. Know? It's stuff like, I always think about, um, recently like Tom Herman, like he was just kind of in over his head, mm. but like it, it's worse to be in over your head slightly at a big major school in which he won multiple games. I mean, he won like what, nine, 10 games at Texas, you know, beats, beats Georgia, you know, in the, you know, in a bowl game and all that type of stuff. Um, and now he's having, you know, he's FAU's head coach, you know, after having yeah. multiple years stuff. And there wasn't that many, like beyond just, you know, he had like normal scandals, but <laughs> it wasn't I mean, like, I don't think you know, he, he drank anything... on the sideline or anything. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think he had anything. I mean, I think there were just more like people just didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know the but like you know the hugh hugh freeze with the escorts and stuff like that. yes I mean, yeah like that i mean that you know he was out for a couple of seasons right then goes to uh liberty does does mm-hmm. but i mean like so coaches in the hospital bed or whatever yeah exactly but <laughs> you know now he's back at auburn uh, th- but he didn't even have to go through that limbo, that, you know, penance period. He just, you know, I mean, beard that is. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's the part of it that's kind of galling, I think. Um, so anyway, let's look uh, moving Some on. Some better news, oh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got uh, anyway, we've got um, the, I guess, third edition of Bedlam going on tonight. Um, I mean, what's the. I, I kind of feel like Oklahoma's going to win this game because, I mean, Oklahoma State's kind of falling apart down the stretch. Completely, with, uh, yeah. Avery Anderson out. So, I mean, I guess they did beat Texas Tech that was in the middle of a mutiny against their coach, you know. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I kind of feel like that. I think that would get them to 500. I don't know. I mean, what's what's going to happen with this team? Is it going to be one and done, you think? And then uh, – I don't know, maybe, maybe a something for the, you know, some kind of postseason tournament or do they, do they not take a bid if they, especially if they have a losing record? I don't even know how that part of it works, but. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Oklahoma, I mean, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma team started winning a couple of games towards the end in which it, it's, to me, it's, it's like, this is just too little too late. I mean, I mean, at that point in time, like you, you had a chance if, you know, earlier on, you could have just, if they could have converted the Texas win that that Texas yeah. loss in overtime to a win, then yeah, I'd say, Hey, there's a legitimate shot. They make it in and one of the playoff spots or something like the play in spots, um, something along that nature, just due to the overall talent and, and depth of the, uh, of the big 12. But I think if OU loses this game, OU wins this game. Um, I, I don't think it does anything for the season. Uh, it, it just kind of is what it is at, at this point in time. It, it's kind of like when, you know, w- once uh, once uh, OU got to like four losses, uh, fo- OU football got to four losses. It's like, well, I mean, what's what's another loss? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it's already happened. It's already over. It, it just keep playing it out. I guess. I mean, we're not on. It's it's not on full auto sim because if you could beat Oklahoma State, that'd be really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just yeah. due to uh, leaving the conference and everything. Well, yeah, I think that I think that that would be one benefit to Moser going forward. He need you know winning this game would certainly. I mean, you know, one thing you can't do, I think, is OU's basketball coaches get smacked around by uh, OSU, <laughs> and he's had a problem, uh, you know, getting past that, getting over that hurdle. So definitely uh, one thing that could work in his favor. But um, anyway, let's go ahead. Let's move on uh, to uh, football. 
So essentially, uh, all the assistants, everybody on the assistant coaching staff really got uh, raises and extensions, um, it, except for uh, Ted Roof, who did get a raise, but was not uh, added, did not have any uh, years or anything added on his contract. But, you know, you had Jeff Levy, for example, I believe he's up to nearly 2 million now, which you know, kind of explains a lot about why he uh, isn't, you know, or why he he didn't take that call from Nick Saban if it, uh, you know, if it happened. Um, and he's extended through January 2026. You know, you've got the new wide receivers, Coach Emmett Jones, 550. DeMarco Murray's getting 615. Bill Biedenboe is at uh, eight, 820,000. Joe John Finley, 520,000. Ted Roof is about one point one. 5 million 665 for Todd Bates 600 for Miguel Chavis and I believe the low man here is Brandon Hall 300,000 Jay Valai at 700,000 so I mean all these guys are extended to 2025 or 2026 um this is a pretty lucrative pool of uh you know I mean salary pool for assistance I mean this is kind of I mean, this is the kind of thing I'm, I'm I assume that at least for the frontline guys is I believe it's on par with Alabama at this point. Yeah, I think it's just shy of $8 million uh, uh, yearly for the assistance. Uh, th- that is really good. I don't think, uh, unless I misread, I don't think Levy actually got a raise. He just got an extension. You're um, right. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, he's at $1.9 million and he did get extended, yeah, to uh, January 2026, which everybody else is 2025. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still a raise. I mean, you get someone gives you another two million dollars yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> at that point in time. Uh, I think it's I think it's really good. I think that the OU seems to be getting a really deal, a really great deal when it comes to Brandon Hall. Um, if I'm having that right, he's got the three hundred fifteen. Uh, yeah, he is the yeah he's a, a three hundred thousand is what three hundred thousand uh, what Sooner School um, has. Yeah, and I'm I'm like man, we're getting a great deal for that. Man, I'd love to make that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, especially the way he recruited this past cycle, and you know, the uh, the the overall kind of chatter of saying, you know, if they had to make a move or if they had to move some stuff up, he's kind of the guy who was being groomed somewhat to be an internal uh, defensive coordinator eventually uh, in that process. So you can either tell that Brent thinks he's got him locked down via culture and via like where he is mm-hmm. in his career, uh, and if that's the case, I mean, they're grading a, a great deal for that, and honestly. The only one I can really besmirch against is uh, is Roof, but that's just because, whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think he's an easy easy one to throw tomato cans at. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's it's just how it is. Uh, uh, but you know, Bill Biedenboe getting uh, you know a top flight offensive line coach for under a million dollars. Uh, I mean, uh, that, that's a lifeblood of your offense. I mean, that that's 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 a that's a great thing. And any money that you're paying under two million to get Todd Bates <laughs> is yeah. uh, is fantastic, you know, at, at that point yeah. in time. I mean, but you are right. I mean, this shows a a marketed increase uh across the board when it comes to OU football of saying not only um are we getting ready to enter into this SEC transfer uh, we are ready, you know, to at least when it comes to, you know, coaching salaries and, uh, you know, investment in uh, facilities, you know, a- across the board for uh, OU athletics. Yeah. You know, looking at it, I guess you, you mentioned roof, um, no extension there. He had a, received a raise that was, I believe, you know, scheduled already in the contract he signed. It, I mean, I guess we're the, the message we're getting here is that, uh, this will probably be Roof's last year as a uh, you know on-field assistant. No, I mean that's kind of kind of what I took away. That's what I think so too. I don't think it's uh, I, man. I, I don't see how he could be there. I, to me, he was he was always kind of a a two-year hire. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of like okay, we're here to implement and we're here to put stuff together. Um, to, to me, that that that's where you're at, and I I think that's true to uh to what it is. Right. Um. You know, just, I guess, um, also, though, you know, looking at it, I mean, like, man, Murray got a a pretty big raise here, 100,000, you know, uh, most of these other guys were extended. I don't know. I mean, I think, though, that, you know, Murray is, in my opinion, like, of the guys here, I think he's the, he's one of the ones to watch in terms of moving on, you know, not just Levy, but, or, I guess maybe another way to look at it would be Murray potentially moving up. I mean, 
he just seems like the way he kind of um, manages things and coaches. I mean, it's, it sounds like he's really impressed a lot of people within the athletic department and uh, you know, it, down the line, he might be the kind of guy who might find himself, uh, you know, in, uh, in line maybe to uh, take over for Brent Venables down the line, I think. Really? No, I, I, I wow. I, I had not heard uh, that sort of thing. I don't have my, uh, don't have my ears down to the, uh, to the, to the ground as much as you do on, on that side of it. I, I, you know, there's always been whisper enough. We have to keep him locked down. We've got to keep him locked yeah. down just from the, just from the running back perspective. Uh, and to me, I'd been kind of thinking, well, you know, could he be next in line when it comes to, uh, to when Levy, you know, starts looking at I his think, head yeah. coaching stuff. Uh, and then you, then you, you, you know, you have to be like long-term future planning if you're thinking, you know, okay, running back, OC, OC head coach at that point in time. But uh, yeah, I mean, the point, and you've mentioned it before, the issue with some of that stuff isn't, uh, is more or less like structure of stuff. How are, how are you structuring things? And you mm -hmm. talk about how Levy is very, uh, put together and everyone kind of like understands yeah. uh, that type of thing. That is the, uh, the, the big boy uh, part of that stuff. Yeah. Well, if you saw uh, Murray's appearance, DeMarco Murray's appearance on uh, Trisha's uh, Southern kitchen, Trisha Yearwood's cooking show where she had mm -hmm. the uh, backyard football game that uh, she cooked for and he attended. Uh, I mean, you know, seemed like he was natural on TV. So I don't know. We'll, uh... I can't even say that with a straight face. We're <laughs> 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 keeping in mind, I guess. Um, speaking though of investments, uh, something's going to cost OU a lot more. Board of Regents approves nearly four hundred million dollars for athletics projects. That includes one hundred and seventy-five million dollars for a football facility. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they just build a new football facility? I, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the the one that you have now is isn't that old. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I, to be fair, I'm not sure quite what this new building project entails. No, it it, it does seem to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a uh, that turnip seed is that dude. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the end of that question. Is um, uh, you have to really kind of put that stuff together. I mean, like Headington Headington Hall isn't that old when it comes to that type of stuff. I, I, my assumption is that we'll see some. Uh, the next wave of this, we'll see some dorm increases for athletes and things like that to kind of continue that that trend. Um, if you've got the space and you've got the money, and you're going to build it. You're going to have to build it. And this, this you know, this is multiple um, practice fields. I think two outside practice fields, I believe, mm -hmm. and then offices. Uh, I think what this really shows you is that the OU support staff uh, and of that nature isn't going to be. Uh, I mean, as we've already seen, has swelled to uh, anything that has happened at OU in the, in the past. Uh, it just seemed like it potentially has the potential to get even larger when it comes to you know recording analysts and recording support staff and you know you know digital media and multimedia support staff and things like that. Uh, it, it does seem like you you need room to put all these people, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and it, to me, that's what that looks like. That looks like it's future spending of saying. Hey, we're we're about to be making a hundred million dollars a year based purely off TV revenue. <laughs> we're yeah. going to have the ability to to uh to, to flesh this thing out entirely. Yeah, but this is the part about a lot of this excess that really it, it I, I don't know yeah. I, I find just off putting because you know it's the kind of thing where it's like I don't know maybe it makes me feel like an old man, but it's like you know what you have now should be good enough or, you know, I mean, they've already spent so much, you know, I mean, the thing is though, it's also the deal with college sports all the time. I mean, being a, you know, a nonprofit, they've got to, or the, the structure of it is you've got to spend whatever they've allocated <laughs> or, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, there's no room for uh, collecting rent, you know? Yeah, it's also just, I mean, there's just a general aspect of, and as we'll get into it a little bit later when talking about these TV deals and all that type of stuff, yes, these are money-making operations at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're built to make money. Um, but to in order to make money, in order to stay ahead of the game, in order to do this stuff, and you know, trust me, I, I work for a government. I, I have to, I have, I've gone to the budget meetings and saying, I need these following things to keep up with this you know, mm -hmm. to keep up with this other tribe and what they're doing. And this, I mean, sometimes it's purely just 
so-and-so spending money over there, land value is going up because of that. We also now have to do it. Um, and everyone kind of has a gun to their head <laughs> at each point in time. You know, if you're at that top tier level and somebody builds something, then you have to also, I think the NFL did that recently, where it was like one team put in the largest screen in the NFL stadium history. And then like three months later, another team had the large, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a pissing match and yeah. you kind of have to play that game. And it's, it's the you know, cost of doing business. Yeah. It's just, that's the part, the largesse there or what have you that did just to me, just, it's, I don't know. It's just indecent or something. Yeah. Can't, can't, know. can't play the, uh, can't pay, pay the players though. Impulse. Yeah, exactly. Right. No. Uh, but so, I will say yeah. it shows, I did see this uh, checking up on the, uh, just talking about how much money gets thrown around. Uh, the 2022 salary for um, the Alabama Crimson Tide for their 10 assistants mm-hmm. is $8.25 uh, million. OU's clocking in at 7.75. So about a half a million uh, down from that. That said, uh, that number I saw on Twitter of 7, 7, uh, 7.75, I don't know if that counts the strength coach and all that type of stuff. And I yeah, know what I'm looking yeah. at here also does include that for Alabama. So maybe OU is even closer to, to that total. Yeah, uh, it uh, it certainly represents a commitment with them uh, joining the SEC and everything. So, um, But, you know, on the subject of money, they don't have much of it apparently, or well, pardon me, they, have, they don't have enough. Of it, yes. it's the ACC, uh, and we we talked about this uh, previously about Florida State and Clemson starting to uh, you know make make a fuss about uh, how far behind they're going to be with the uh, SEC and Big Ten when it comes to trying to compete. You know the uh, I think that anybody who followed that probably most of the people that I've read came to the same kind of conclusion that I did, which was that it's not as much about them trying to get out of the ACC right now as it is more about uh, trying to, you know, get some, get a bigger piece of the uh, revenue pie uh, from the ACC in the short term um, until they can, can reach a point where they can exit the the ACC. Um, I think that uh, one thing that's definitely worth keeping in mind here or paying attention to is that North Carolina has joined Florida State and uh, Clemson and calling for unequal revenue sharing in the ACC. Um, This is a big deal, in my opinion, for the ACC, because North Carolina Mm -hmm. is kind of, I mean, on a completely separate, you know, I mean, on a lesser scale, I mean, North Carolina was kind of the Texas, as Texas was to the Big 12, North Carolina seems to have been in a lot of ways for the ACC, you know, founding member, a lot of history there one of the big engines, you know, I mean, you know, Tobacco Road is kind of, you know, their rival with Duke has kind of been what the conference has really kind of been built around. Now, a lot of people would say in modern sports, that's a problem. But, you know, (laughs) the idea that that North Carolina is saying this seems pretty significant to me. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I guess from your perspective, I've seen it from the other side of it is uh, it's significant to see you, uh, North Carolina, saying this stuff because, I would like to understand the um, just maybe like the overall breakdown of of how much they because like you know Florida State said hey we bring in fifteen percent of the overall thing but we're only getting seven you know it's like hey that's, yeah you know we're doing a big we're doing a big favor to everyone else here by be, by existing you know mm-hmm. type of a thing uh, I would I would I would wonder how much of that percentage uh, is is there a discrepancy for North Carolina. Uh, you know, right. is that that much? Is it because in football, I don't think it's generating as much football revenue and football is the highest revenue generator in this stuff. Now, bas- yeah. obviously, North Carolina basketball is massive, uh, but there's just a difference in massiveness right. when it comes yeah, to football scale. versus basketball and that type of thing. It's, you know, it's, it's unfair, quote unquote, unfair. Uh, that's just what it is. How I saw it was saying when I was first reading this that you'd sent me, I was thinking, man, why is North Carolina people? kind of piping up like this like this doesn't seem to make any sense because like you're you're borderline saying we will give up money so florida state and clemson can stay you know t- to me how i'm reading it because i just don't think north carolina would be generating that much revenue and i haven't had a chance to check it um that's how i was reading it do you think it's more of them saying hey we can go without to a certain degree I mean, you know maybe maybe it's like they're bringing in 10 percent and they're only getting seven or something like that uh do you think it's more of like, hey, we need to stay together? 
uh, or do you think they may potentially haven't gotten any sort of back channel overtures? Because I would assume the Big Ten wouldn't would have no qualms sweeping in and bringing in North Carolina. <laughs> you know, if if yeah. it, everything if everything gets broken broken up and it's a kind of a fire sale to that stuff. I mean, do you think maybe North Carolina hasn't gotten some of those, you know, cocktail napkin overtures uh, saying, here's your price point uh, at that point in time? They're thinking the AC, it's the ACC or bust for us, so we're okay uh, uh, hanging out here. Oh, no. See, to me, like I look at this right now, and aside from Notre Dame, you know, uh, somebody somebody told me, you know, probably about five, six, seven years ago, like in conference realignment, like down the line, Oklahoma would end up being a, a power player because of mm-hmm. how the TV deal was structured, the value. See, I think that aside from uh, Notre Dame, I feel like North Carolina is probably the second, the, oh, wow. probably the number two um, in that regard. I think that they bring in, I mean, you know, it's a big brand. They, uh, you know, it's a big enough school. The mm-hmm. academics are really well respected there. Yeah. Uh, and they know how to get uh, football players to graduate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, I mean, like it, it's a, it's a big kind of, uh, you know, I mean, like it's a, you know, growing market with Charlotte uh, around there, you know? So, uh, I mean, to me, this is, you know, Florida or North Carolina uh, saying what, what, what Bubba Cunningham, their athletic director, is saying is that they deserve a bigger share of the revenue. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's not – and like I said, I, I mean, to me, it's more just the idea of a cultural kind of, you know, deal with – I mean, you know, Florida State and Clemson, you don't necessarily think of when you think of the ACC. I mean, Mm-mm. Florida State, for example, was, a, you know, kind of a later edition, uh, not, not like a founding member or anything like that. I don't know enough about to say – I couldn't even tell you who all the founding members of the ACC are, but uh, I mean, North Carolina Duke to me is what everyone associates with the ACC, if that makes sense, you know? So, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that that's, yeah, these that's other, the brand. Know, yeah. Clemson and them, they're, they're kind of like, you know, interlopers to a certain degree, uh, you know, yeah. recently. Um, I just don't believe, I'm trying to pull it up now. I'm trying to figure out who your founding members are. Uh, I, I guess it's a, yeah. uh, uh, let me see here. Founded Boston College. Uh, Boston College Clemson. was a late edition, though. They came. Oh, it says founded. It says joined. Sorry, sorry, joined. Uh, Clemson and Duke joined in 53. So 53 is when it started, it seems like. So Clemson, Duke, um, North Carolina, North uh, NC State, and Virginia and Wake Forest. Okay, that's So there's right, a decent yeah. amount of moving around and adding some people, yeah. uh, you know, like Pitt and Syracuse, obviously, in 2013, yeah. Miami in 2014. Uh, when Florida State, Florida State ninety one, because they were uh, Florida State was independent, I believe. Yeah, I think they were. They were, yeah, they were. They were independent. Or they were in like the Metro Conference or something like that. I mean, that might have been just in basketball, but I mean, the long, the long and short here is now that now that now that you've got North Carolina joining this course, uh, you know, I mean, what they're basically saying is, you know, Boston College or you know Wake, you need to be prepared to hand over, you know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you know, you, you need to, they're kind of, you know, it, it just feels like a shakedown at this point. And, you know, when, when, when that comes up, that's when I start thinking, okay, the, what this is really is, is all about is, is keeping, getting as much money as they can right now to stay within shouting distance of uh, the Big Ten and SEC. So then when they can shake free, that's when they'll be, uh, you know, that's when you'll see the ACC finally get picked apart. Um, yeah. So that's, that's in my opinion, what to keep keep an eye out for. But yeah. North Carolina is saying, I mean, to me, that's uh, pretty significant. So Yeah, uh, Florida State, because I find this interesting, Florida State was part of the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Association from 1902-1904. Uh, the Dixie Conference from 1948, 1950, then other than that, they were independent. So they're in completely, mm-hmm. basically most of their, uh, most of their livelihood, they were in that Notre Dame thing until, uh, until 91 when they joined the ACC. Uh, right. But the point, like the point in time for the ACC, and it's something they don't have to worry about is uh, only a certain amount of schools can get more of the pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before the money runs out for the rest, for everyone else. Um I, I think that, you know, I think you can get away with doing two, but if you do three, uh, 
it, I don't know. It, it gets kind of rough. It gets kind of rough for the uh, gets kind of for well, wake and you know, stuff like what that. The, I mean, what they, yeah, <laughs> and what they end up saying, you know, they'll end up coming up with some kind of formula like they did with the Big Twelve, you know, where uh, it would it was essentially based on like how much how many national TV appearances you made or something along those lines, you know. Um, at least that's how it was back when Nebraska was still in the conference. Um, so, but you're right. But you know, I mean. The thing of it is, though, that that I always come back to when people start going down this road is like, you know, your your media rights are worth zero if you're yeah. just playing again. <laughs> you're just if you're just showing scrimmages, like you know what I mean. Like you need you need these teams around you. And the idea that you just bring more eyeballs, well, you know what else isn't isn't too valuable. Like if you starve out all these other programs and you're you're being them all, you know every week is 45 to nothing again that's also not a particularly work, uh valuable product i mean the that part of it i just it, it, i don't know i mean the idea that that you're entitled to more of the pie because of because of that i, I mean tell me you're telling you know ohio state for example you don't hear them raising a fuss about this in the big 10 and you know that's probably i mean they they might bring in more viewers than any other program in the country yeah, you you can easily make the case, yeah, based on their contract that will be hitting pretty soon. You know, the, they're getting what ninety million, hundred million dollars a year, and they're still getting underpaid via the context of that of right. that contract. You know, like they could easily say, "Hey, we should be getting two, <laughs> and the rest yeah. of you guys should be getting 80. You know, yeah. everyone would still be rich at that point in time. Uh, the, the the most uh, recent uh, comparison to that. Uh, if you're, I'm, I'm not going to mention it because uh, it's a big time spoiler. But on the most recent episode of The Last of Us, some people get more than others, uh, and it just you can tell how things society starts breaking down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once that starts happening, uh, you can't you can't do that way. You you got to learn to. It has to be equitable uh, as much as you can if you want to continue that way. And if you haven't been watching Last of Us, get off your ass, uh, subscribe to HBO for a month, and, and you know, and binge that. That is a fantastic show. Yeah, it's been it's been excellent. This last this last episode it didn't quite match some of the the high points of the rest of the season, but it was still excellent. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Okay, so uh, lastly, closing up here, is Texas going to have a quarterback controversy this year? I think so. I mean, I, I think that's probably the. Uh, I do wonder what you may have read. To probably, uh, maybe you just tossed it in here to give us a talking point, or if there's been some <laughs> kind of uh, hubbub around here, um, because they they mean they totally shit canned uh, Card uh, as fast as humanly possible. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, he went from like program savior to you know on you know, he was Jimbo Fisher's you know Christmas tree, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so so fast uh, to get yours you know uh, ready to go and get him up you know the the anointed one you know the uh, the, the glorious mullet and everything. And then for him to perform kind of fine mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and for Card to come in and be able to steady some of those games as well and, you know, basically play kind of fine uh, himself. I mean, not great or anything. Um, I think that's an issue. I think that's an issue for for Quinn for sure uh, <laughs> if, he, if he's wanting to hold on to that thing because, um, I mean, I, if, you look, if, if you put any stock in SP+, I mean, Texas should be good next year. You put any, I mean, they, they, in, in predictive models, they should have been much, much better record-wise last year. I mean, they're supposed to be a good team. Like, legitimate, they're supposed to be a very, very good team. Um, and, and if he doesn't work this out, they've got a, they've got Alabama, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they have to win some games, uh, or you're going to see a Manning. Um, down in Austin taking snaps uh, fairly soon, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's a, I, like my my first inclination when I heard the quote, you know, I mean, I can't remember exactly what it was that Sark said, but it was just some, it was something along the lines of, you know, uh, it wasn't like, oh, we're having an open competition or anything like that, but it was more along the lines of, you know, I mean, they've got an opportunity to show what they can do when talking about uh, Arch Manning and I believe Malik Murphy is their other quarterback there. Um, and like my, when I first heard that, my, my thought was, well, this is, that's more about sending like viewers a message. You know what I mean? Like you need to, you need to buckle down. Um, but you know, I, the more that 
I've kind of studied this, you know, there was a lot of talk at the time when uh, Arch Manning committed to Texas that, you know, the idea with the Mannings was they wanted him to like go somewhere where he'd have to sit out a year. Yeah. Uh, but like, is I, the, the thing about that is though, is that, you know, yours definitely showed flashes of being really, really good last year, but not enough to make you think, Oh, you know, they've got their, they've got their surefire, no questions asked, number one quarterback. If there was another, you know, guy that emerged that they felt like had some, had some game. So that's the part of it that it, it seems weird to me now. And, you know, I guess the other thing that I, I hadn't really, you know, considered or hadn't thought as much about is, you know, I guess the Mannings are more meddlesome um, than, then maybe I, I would have even expected, you know, listening to Stephen Godfrey talk about this today, talking about like what it was like, for example, when Eli uh, decided to go to Ole Miss that, you know, essentially uh, Archie Manning engineered it so that, uh, you know, uh, David Cutcliffe would take over as the head coach there because uh, they liked how he worked with um, Peyton at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, and of course, everybody knows what happened with the NFL with them, you know, uh, getting Eli out of uh, San Diego, moving him to New York during the, the draft. So I, maybe there's more to that. I just I don't know. It, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting choice if you look at it, if you're looking at it in the context of them thinking that he might be able to come in and play right away, because um, I always figured the, the thinking would be, well, they figured yours would be really hot shit. And then he'd be heading to the NFL after this season. And I don't know if what we saw out of yours last year would suggest that's his trajectory. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to read, uh, read some stuff real fast while you're speaking. I was reading, uh, what was this burnt, uh, yeah, burnt orange, uh, burnt orange nation. Uh, obviously yeah. the most homerish take on that impossible, you know, cause you know, pointing to the fact that before the season was even over, Sark was saying how there was going to be an open competition and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. It's like, well, no shit. He was saying that he still had them get yeah. <laughs> arch to sign the paper. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it makes sense. He's saying all this stuff. So, the, you know, the Homer speak is kind of saying, well, this is par for the course. Sark has been saying this, you got to treat every position as, you know, as, you know, every position has a competition. It's like, no, not always. I mean, if you have yeah. got a quarterback who's good, he's the guy. I mean, you'd be an idiot to do that. I mean, you know, you, you can even mention the, uh, you know, I, I'm one of the, the few who thinks, uh, you know, Kyler uh, versus Georgia probably changes some of the aspect of that game during the middle part of it. Uh, and it was probably ready to play if Baker wasn't able to get that extra year added on for the Baker Mayfield uh, walk-on rule. But mm-hmm. He was, and he played, and that's how we that's how we rolled it out. Um, and there was no controversy there. You know, it was this is Baker's team because Baker is good enough for there not to be controversy. And if you know Quinn isn't good enough to beat out a kid who's lost his you know campus you know school ID twice in two weeks, uh, <laughs> uh, then maybe he needs to start looking uh, what other schools need a, a quarterback to transfer because if he's only a bridge to twenty twenty three twenty twenty four. Then, uh, I mean, Quint's not going to the NFL <laughs> yeah. at, at this point in time. He, he needs to be looking around the transfer portal uh, pretty hard and pretty long, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, coaches say that kind of thing all the time. Well, we are always, you know, essentially, essentially we're always looking for – we're every job is open, you know, is the kind of yeah. thing you hear a lot. It's a, it's a typical coach speak thing. But, you know, what – it's a lot different to say that and it's a lot different to think that okay really you know to say that in the context when you have a, a quarterback who is a returning starter but you know it didn't necessarily just wow you last year that's the that's the thing i mean there's not a lot about it that would say texas I mean, Texas could do better, it feels like, than yours, which isn't to say that yours is bad necessarily or anything like that, no. but it's more just like he didn't do enough to be to make you think, oh, he there's no way that they'll that Manning has any any shot of playing this year, or that they would need somebody else to kind of take over for him. You know, I mean, you mentioned the Kyler Murray Baker Mayfield 
think Kyler, you know, we now that we we saw what he ended up doing, he might have been even better that that year than uh, yes. than Mayfield was. But nobody took the idea of Murray beating out Mayfield seriously because of who Mayfield was and what he had accomplished. And yours yep. is not that kind of in that kind of position at this point. And it's even just like. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, even look at Georgia, where it's, you know you got Stetson Bennett holding off five-star quarterbacks for the job and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They, they never even mentioned at one point in time, you know, you're, you're bringing in these five-star guys, being like, "It's cool, we got them, but this is Stetson's job." I mean, yeah, you know, it, you have if you've got the guy, you roll with the guy. If you don't have the guy, you don't have the guy. It, it's kind of like the uh, the New York Giants. I think it was their GM said the thing about the girlfriend and the wife. Uh, quote if you saw that like don't stop don't don't let yourself don't what, what i can't remember what he said it's something like don't keep the fact that you have a girlfriend stop you from finding a wife uh, uh, <laughs> uh and that kind of feels like that's where texas is right now they've got a girlfriend but the wife might be down the road <laughs> you might be yeah. down the road to a certain degree um but i think what you mentioned just earlier is so you're talking about you know quinn's not bad but it seems like texas could 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 do better into uh to, to still uh, a concept from uh, the, the solid verbal guys football texas football in theory mm-hmm. <laughs> should always be doing better but in practice very rarely is it just it does seem like that's just the the mo for texas you look at them and say they should be better than this <laughs> yeah yeah like that's it yeah that's always kind of my reaction when i hear about yeah. so many of the uh, new guys coming in to come in there but all right. Well, that kind of that kind of uh, you know finishes up everything I had here. I want to make sure that I get to see uh, Bedlam. So uh, you know, I think unless you got anything else that we need uh, need to take care of here, or you want to mention, I think we're probably done. No, I, I think we're I think we're pretty much done. If you guys uh, listened to the entire time, uh, thank you so much. We'll plug the Patreon again at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. We do have a giveaway that we just secured. Davis running the keyhole uh, uh, Twitter account was able to secure a, uh, a signed softball from the softball team. Uh, we'll be doing something. We're going to shake up something about doing some sort of giveaway on that point in time. So if you're listening to this, you're getting a head, you're getting a, a head start on that. Uh, keep an eye out on the Twitter account, uh, Keyhole, uh, Keyhole Pod at, uh, at Keyhole Pod on Twitter. Uh, we'll be kind of sending out some, uh, some ideas of what we're going to do with that to try to uh, drive up some interest and drive up some activation here on the Patreon side of things. But that's patreon.com slash through the keyhole. And um, that's everything I've got. Um, yeah, Alan, do you want me to get us out of here? Yeah, take us out, man. All right, for Alan, for Matt, who's not here, he's taking care of the stuff he's got uh, on the mend. Uh, but for all of us, for all senior nations across the world, boomer! Button, let me do this.